0: All right, well, okay. welcome in everybody. Welcome to episode 88. Um I'm Adam. I've got Justin with me and then yep. special guest uh JR Debart from Blue City Radio is joining us today. Like we said in a previous episode, we're collecting the Blue City Radio uh hosts like their infinity stones. Um so we appreciate you coming on the show to talk about NYCFC.
1: What's up, guys? I'm happy to be on the show.
0: Yeah, I know we've we've talked a little bit before, I think in our our two appearances on Blue City Radio and we've always wanted to get you and and on the show because we've had michael allen a few times so it's it's great to get the opportunity to because i feel like the conversations on your show has always been great i i'm a big fan of you
1: guys show i like how it's very succinct it's like usually less than 30 minutes after after a game i think that's like super refreshing most of the podcasts that we do we like usually drown out the audience and gas bag for like an hour and a half plus. So it's nice to just get like a quick snippet in about about the club. I think you guys do a great job with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be on with you guys.
0: Thank you. Yeah, and I, I think we're, we're really excited too because with all the guest episodes that we've been doing, um, they've been in like such quick succession that sometimes new news doesn't pop up. So we end up kind of just chopping up about all the old things. Um, but I feel like in this episode, we have a, a ton to talk about. Obviously, it seems like Santi is uh, pretty official barring a – a medical that he has to complete with us and then gp is obviously back and finally scoring um i think you alluded to it a little bit in the the pre-recording that uh cushing was very open about matthew for a question that you asked during the press conference um so i think it's cool to have like a lot of things to touch on in this one
2: yeah no definitely i think it's going to be uh yeah like you said it's refreshing to kind of actually have things to talk about and um you know not have to double back on some things that you've already talked about Um, But, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things was, you know, when are we finally going to get the news on Santi? And that was one of the things that you actually actually asked Nick directly. Um, And um, you can kind of explain how he danced around that a little (laughs) bit and gave you kind of a curveball.
1: Well, it's funny because this is the – I want to say, like, the third press conference, maybe fourth, but, like, the third one that I can remember since really, like, Beginning of this season, or whatever you would like, mark as the beginning of this season, where you stop asking questions about last season, and start focusing on this season. And I was just thinking back to all the press conferences. I'm like, no one said anything about Santi. And when I look back at the preseason roster, like he just wasn't on there. And everyone that usually wasn't on the preseason roster, like if if it was Maxi or Sean Johnson or or I think actually Maxi was on the roster, but if if it was like Sean Johnson or Callens, it was like, hey we're trying to work out a deal with Callens and Sean Johnson. There was an explanation for everyone and there was nothing on Santi. So I I knew like what had happened. Like I knew like he was on loan and his loan came to an end, but there was no like word from the club. And like, we all knew what was happening with, with Santi, like why they brought him in is because they wanted to like, you know, basically he he was the person that was going to take over for Maxie in the number 10. And then Maxi leaves and it's like, well, Sati can't also leave. So what's going on? So I just asked today in the press conference, I was like, Hey, Santi was obviously a big part of your, your cup run and last year getting deep into the playoffs. Like th- but there was no word from the club on like what happened there? Like, so what, what did happen there? And he, he didn't really answer the question, which I wasn't, I kind of knew that was going to happen, but he then kind of digressed into talking about how like Matias Pellegrini will be playing in the number 10 role like more often and i didn't expect that at all but i was cool we got like a tidbit out of that because we had no idea who was going to be playing the 10. is it going to be keaton parks is it, like who, who's who's what's going to happen there so he kind of hinted that elegrini might be the number 10 uh, and i guess he's going to be playing there against uh portland this weekend
0: yeah i guess that that kind of uh maybe it gives us like a little bit of a glimpse into what Cushing is thinking too. Maybe when he thinks of Santi, right, he thinks number 10. So he goes to, well, Santi's not here. So maybe, you know, Jr is wondering who is going to be in that position. And he kind of like did these own mental gymnastics where he ended up talking about potentially that if Santi is here, I would think the takeaway would be that he would be the 10. And if he's mm-hmm. not, then what who he wants to lean on is Matty. And I guess largely what he, he used to back that up was in the last preseason game, um, I don't know if it was around half or whatever. He ended up motioning or, or moving Matty inside to operate as that 10. And I think he said he was, like, really impressed with him. Um, like you said, he was going to play him again at, uh, at Portland um, in that Coachella Valley uh, Invitational in the 10 from the, the get-go. So I think that's pretty exciting. I think our show, especially myself, have been, like, really big cheerleaders for Matty, for and we haven't had a ton of reason to, to really back it up. Um, but it's it's good to hear that he is kind of excelling and it's something we've been asking him to do um, and and really expecting him to do for a while.
2: Yeah, no, I think if you're if you're putting Matty in, in a position where he can take the ball and, and be progressive, you're gonna end up having good things happen. Um, but if you're if you're reading through Nick Cushing's words there, I'm assuming you're thinking, Okay, um, you know, nothing's done now, so let's talk about what is done and what is here. Um, Mm -hmm. What is here is a a Matthew that can play the 10, um, who's starting to prove that he can play that 10, um, but obviously he can't speak on something that's not confirmed yet. Yeah. So I'm assuming, you know, if if I'm Santi, I'm waiting until the absolute last minute where, you know, that club tells him, you know, you're not in the plans, so go get your football in. Um,
0: You know, so both sides are probably just holding out at this point. And with with Santi coming out, I was just wondering how how important if if we're making the assumption that he is coming back, like how important do you think that is to to a team like ours? Like, what does Santi bring to us that we don't have now on the roster?
1: Oh, dude, he's everything. I mean, you can you can remember like how important Maxi was when Maxi was injured. Really going back to, like 2019, 2020. Cause he was like I used to refer to him as like the key that like unlocked the offense. It was just that like. Really, that he was the middleman between the defense and the forwards. That sounds so simplistic now that I'm saying it out loud, but he he was able to get the ball up to the forwards. And I felt like sometimes when he was he wasn't there, defense would play well, and the midfield might be playing well. The forwards might kind of be irrelevant because they just like weren't getting the ball enough. Um, but Maxi was just able to distribute really well. I know Keaton can do that as well, but it's like not really his position to be. I guess that offensive, at least it's not his natural position, but it's huge, man. I mean, it's, it's everything. Like you could have three best forwards in the world, but if you don't, if you can't get the ball to them, it doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah. Does it, does it massively change kind of your outlook on how the season might go? Like just this one, just the one piece of having Santi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I had them under 50 points, um, before Santi and now if I mean, assuming, like, I'm assuming that Sandy's coming back, I think they'll be above 50 points. Like, I really think it'll be a difference between being a top four team and, and maybe being a team that, like, you know, makes the playoffs, like, you know, seven, eight, or nine seed. Maybe, maybe misses the playoffs. I, I think it's that important.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. I think that, that one player is literally the difference between, you know, like i said my prediction was eighth or ninth place like being in or not um santi brings us to a fifth or fourth place um i think genuinely the talent that he brings um you know there's that mythical playoff santi that we talk about i think he will turn into that um if given the keys for a full season he he will be that magical player um and that that player that we need in the absence of maxi in the absence of the other guys that have left um, so yeah, I genuinely think he, he's that difference maker.
0: Yeah, and I think even when you even when you look at the regular season, right? We always talk about the the legend that is a playoff Santi, um, kind of like hoodie Mello for those of <laughs> you that know about the Knicks and stuff. Um, but even looking at the MLS regular season, I think quietly Santi also put together quite quite a rapport. I mean, I believe for some of the weeks he was leading as the leading assister and then he finished, I want to say, third, not far behind from, from some of the other guys up there. Um, and really, the question of the offseason has been, we know that Talos is talented and he's going to get shots. Uh, we know that Tiago has been looking a lot better in the preseason, which is different than what we've seen in the past, so expecting a big season out of him. And then, like you said, having GP up there, we create this sort of world-class or at least league-class uh, front three, but somebody needs to get them the ball. Um, and, and Santi probably is the guy uh, that is going to have to be it because we don't, we don't really have anybody else on the team that can do it aside from, you know, Maximo Carrizo, and he obviously is not going to be getting a ton of run in the MLS. Um, and, and maybe part of that is too why we've heard the rumors with um, Ledesma, who, you know, we haven't seen a ton from in his PSV stint. Um, I'm not sure if maybe it's more of like some midfield depth that we're looking for or number 10 depth. Um, but I think he's also kind of an interesting piece that we could fit into this team.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, when you're looking at somebody like Ledesma, it's it's probably, um, you know, similar to when we, got, when we got Keaton. You know, Keaton really wasn't somebody that was making waves at Benfica. I think he had, you know, kind of he, he was a guy that was kind of there. Um, and then we brought him over to our team, and he he ended up becoming one of our most important players. I would love for that to happen again, if you know if this Ledesma thing works out. Um, but I think it's just kind of one of those things where the scouting department's trying to pull something out of nothing, um, give us a little bit of hope uh, of a tr- of a transfer from a big club. Um, like I said, similar to when we went and got Keaton from Benfica, it's kind of like that moment where we're like. Like you were saying in 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 pregame uh or in, in the pre show, like those are the types of teams that we send players to. We don't normally get players from those teams, um, so there's that excitement around it for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think like yeah, first was it 2015. We got Angelino, and then he goes to PSV. He actually did he go to PSV first? I don't know. He ended he ended up there. Um, but usually we're not we're usually like players are kind of going there from departing NYCFC to go to a club like PSV. Usually it's not the other way around. So I I'll be perfectly honest. Like I'm not going to sit here and like start talking so much about Richard Ledesma because I really haven't seen him play too much, but like it, you're definitely right. Like it, it, does sound like very similar to the path that Keaton parks was on. Keaton parks has obviously been like a really solid player for NYCFC as long as he's healthy. So if, I mean, if, if Ledesma does get signed, um, and is anything like Keaton Parks? I think that it would be great. Um, but as you can remember, like it took Keaton like a year, year and a half to really kind of get his uh, his feet underneath him at NYCFC. So, as a, if you're looking for, you know, a a, a solution for Maxi and Santi potentially leaving, um, it's a lot to ask from a 22 year old kid who's who's coming in. Um, so, so I guess we'll see what happens. And it's like the biggest story right now is what's happening with the number 10. Is it going to be Mati? Is it going to come back? Is it going to be Ledesma? Like that's, I feel like right now is like the talk of NYCFC.
0: Yeah. I think the, I think the most important thing when it comes to like all these position battles is that it feels like in all of them, we have people that are actually going to be like competing against each other. Um, I feel like that's super, super big. Um, obviously potentially having like a Santi and a Mati and, and maybe a Ledesma, uh, kind of going 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 against each other trying to figure out who's going to be the best guy you have we have a slew of wingers I I don't know I feel like our winger our wingers are like what left back was in the past few years where we would have like five different left backs on the roster I mean even now we have a ton um but kind of across the field we have competition and I think one guy that I want to focus on that seems to have such a doesn't have a ton of competition um but is, seems to be very important if we want to have a good season would be Thiago Martins. Um, and he was obviously a part of the press conference too um, earlier today. And I think it was good to hear from him. I'm, I don't recall that we've had a ton of press conferences with him in the past. Um, so it's been, it was cool to kind of pick his brain. Um, but I liked the comment. I can't remember who asked it, but they were asking him what it's like uh, in his second year or how he feels coming into his second year versus the first coming from the J-League. Um, and he said he wasn't quite as confident um the first year and obviously that was pretty apparent I think to a ton of NYCFC fans when he first came over but that he's feeling way more up to it now um I think that's kind of like perfect timing in terms of needing to be a leader and then also coming into the fold and feeling like he's about to give the best that uh he has ever before for NYCFC
2: yeah no definitely I think um had we had we set the reminder to join um (laughs) <laughs> the a press presser. conference, yeah. which, you know, I, we we got home and we're like, we're sitting there and like something feels off. Oh, <laughs> press conference. Yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, one of the questions that that I, I was going to ask him was, you know, now that you know you're really taking over, maybe one of the best defenders in MLS history, you're taking over his spot, um, or at least that seems to be the case. You know, do you feel an extra press pressure? um, to step up into that role and become, you know, that guy that can do multiple things, that Swiss army knife. Um, and it seems like he kind of answered that in, in many ways from other people's questions. Um, he, he seems like he's going to be up to it. He seems like he has confidence in, you know, whether or not he's asked to do that, um, whether or not he has the skill to do that, we'll see. Um, but I definitely think he's going to be a huge part of this, this, um, team. Uh, do do you think, what do you think his impact is gonna be this year? Oh we might have froze.
0: You there?
1: I mean yeah, yeah. Sorry, my my internet's no, a little shoddy good. right now. Um <laughs> You froze like for the, a minute, the, the we're like oh. <laughs> oh my CFC. Still here if if it cuts out again, just let me know. Um City radio, they guys they give me a hard time all all the time about it. But it's I'm usually in a different location, so I guess it's some of it's just luck uh, that follows me. But Jago um, Martins, by the way, guy who he sounds like a Bond villain. He has the voice of a Bond villain. He has the voice of someone who has smoked like a pack and a half of cigarettes since he's twelve. I love I love his voice. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like he, it was a staunch difference between like him in the beginning of uh. You know, of last year, and the end of last year, like he was really, really solid. At the end of last year, in the beginning, everyone was like, even before he played, was like, "What are we doing signing a DP center back when we have Callens and Chenault?" It was like, I don't even, it doesn't even make any sense. Signing a D- DP center back is already kind of like a ballsy move. Um, towards the end, it's like, man, this guy was really solid, and you know, it just reminds you to like, hey, when someone's new to a system or even new to like, I mean, coming from Japan to. United States like, huge difference culturally as well so it's just like give give people some time but hey, he's going to be he's going to be enormous because I we still don't know are they going to go three center backs are they, they going to move Tavon Gray to center back are they going to I think I mean Cheneau's obviously going to be back there but like what what is the plan um with with the you know the def- defense and the formation so he's going to be super important in his chemistry obviously with is going to be important. Cheneau's getting older. Like, is he going to be able to stay healthy? So there's just like a, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so, but he seems to be like fingers crossed, like one of the pieces that we can rely on, um, <laughs> for, for this coming season.
0: Yeah. And I do wonder what instruction he has gotten from Cushing. I think you alluded to it a little bit because in the press conference, he mentioned how, uh, obviously he scored the brace, um, against St. Louis, uh, at Coachella. And, um, obviously everybody was giving him his praise in the press conference. Um, And they were, they were asking him kind of what he saw on the field and stuff. And he mentioned that last year he saw that the way Collins played um, and saw the way that Collins got goals and stuff. And he said, I know that that is important to the team. So I wonder if, if the management, if Cushing or any of the other, you know, managers that we have are pushing him to kind of fulfill that role of like a ball playing center back, somebody that goes up the field like Collins did, because that's, honestly like an invaluable piece that we had on the team it's it's nearly impossible to replace a player like that we've talked about in the past how there's only a handful of center backs in the world that are going to go out in a season and score six or seven goals for you it's it's almost unheard of no matter what league you're looking at um and I I wonder if he's getting that instruction from Cushing that he needs to fill that role that Collins had
2: yeah well it makes you think back to when we did sign him and there's all those question marks thinking You know why why are we doing this a dp spot on a center back when like you said like when we have these world class well mls class world class uh center backs um you know what are we doing i i think maybe you know at this point we can speculate because it's it's done already but you know maybe collins at that point was giving whispers of like hey you know i think you know it's my time to move on and you know i'm going to continue to give everything for the club but you know i do think that this is going to be my last season and kind of grooming that player to come up and and following Collins' steps and kind of get that year or you know if they didn't know a half year or year under Collins to really understand that position. I think he's definitely grown into to someone who looks like he he could fill that role. Um, obviously, the huge shoes to fill, but um, definitely definitely shoes that he looks like he's fit for. For sure.
1: It be it would be ideal. Honestly, and I'll be—I'm be perfectly honest. Like I'm—I'm I'm super happy for Callens. Like I deserve, you know, he's thirty. I think it's great for the league. Honestly, it's great for NYCFC to have a thirty-year-old, oh, from MLS to get to get promoted to like it's called. It is what it is. Like it's a promotion to La Liga. Like he got promoted at the age of thirty, which is like that's not something that really happens at all in MLS matter what age you are and and the fact that he was 30 and able to do it like i'm just super happy for him he definitely deserves it and um yeah i mean that's obviously i'm like super sad to see him go but like um mean he gave everything for the club he was the iron man what was like 2019 where he was like playing like every game for a while um so yeah if tiago martin's gonna be anything like Callens, like we're i mean super lucky
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, staying kind of on the same idea of players that I think everybody in the community is kind of guaranteeing to have a good season, Tiago Martins is obviously a part of that, and I think even more so than him, somebody that's talked about um, in that fashion has been GP. I've kind of heard it across the board, definitely on your guys' show, I know we've been big cheerleaders of GP, I think you've been a very big cheerleader of GP, and I don't know how... I guess anybody couldn't be at this point if you're an NYCFC fan because somebody is going to have to score goals. Um, and I think a lot of people are potentially projecting him to be the top scorer of our team. Um, and that'll be a battle that he has to have against Talis Magno. Um, but I was just wondering, what what is kind of your outlook on GP for for the season? What do you think he's going to accomplish? Um, is, is he going to live up to kind of all the expectations that we all have?
1: I can tell you this, like any way to get on like, my short list of people that I'm going to love as a player is just score bangers. Like Ishmael (laughs) Shradi was like my favorite player for like two years because it was like at one point, I think it was like his first or second season where he had like half of the season, he had like eight goals and it was like 10 shots on target. It was just ridiculous. Like every single shot that he had was like a beauty. And I think there was another point. I think it was like, I think it was night 2019 where he had hit like, three posts in the start of the season um but i definitely miss strati a bit but like gp is almost like a younger strati with a higher ceiling which is like incredibly exciting and the poise that he has under pressure like every single one of his goals last year like none of them were cheap like every single one of his goals was like a beautiful goal beautiful shot like him putting something through a small window, like I'm just extremely high on this guy. I'm really happy. I was like a little bit worried in the beginning of the season when we like didn't, when you know, Kacha Acevedo's leaving, and uh, Santi's leaving, and like, and it's like, you know, he was nowhere to be found. But we finally, uh, it was just a visa issue, and now he's back on the club. So I'm, I'm like, super happy. I think he's. There's a very good chance of him being the leading goal scorer. I think Magno will most likely be that because they're going to have him at the nine and he's the most talented player. But I mean, I could easily see Gabby Pereira eclipsing 12 to 15 goals. I I really do.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think you touched it right on the head. I didn't even, I honestly never made the comparison of Shradi and GP. I think they're very, very similar. Um, and it just seems like, gp yeah it's like that same mold but just has legs underneath them you know legs that aren't gonna go every five five days yeah um it seemed with with shoddy but five hours yeah (laughs) And, and somebody that can actually you know be another one of those big nycfc exports like the you know jack harrison's the tati's the uh you know angelino's those those type of guys um that can go on and make an impact in in soccer and in the bigger picture outside of NYCFC, so um, GP is one of those guys where it's like, you know, you're, you're happy last season that, that he was contributing the way that he could, um, but you're happy that he didn't contribute so much that he became one of the people <laughs> yeah. that actually ended up leaving, um, so he did just good enough, but not too good, um, you know, to, to get a big ticket out of here, but yeah, I'm excited to see him. What, yeah. what do you think his ceiling
0: is? I mean, I think, I think you guys are right. It, it's... It's as high as he wants to set it. I think if if there's any goals that he has related to to performance in this league, um, he can kind of blow them out of the water if, if he chooses to do so. Um, I think I think we have the other players in place. You know, especially with Santi coming back um, and and having a play off of Tales as well at the nine. I, I think everything's in place for him to have one of those seasons where he he goes down as somebody that. You know, we're going to talk about in 20 years, you know, remember when GP banged like 19 goals and with his left foot from, from the corner of the box, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's all there. It's, it's in the making to happen. I think, you know, if, if he applies himself and, and he takes kind of the chances that he gets, then I think you're right. We, we may have a few players that at summer, we're getting a lot of knocks on a lot of doors, um, asking questions about whether it's, it's Tales or it's GP. Uh, apparently we're already getting knocks in the door about um, Tiago um it's you know i think it'll it'll be hard to hold on to all of these guys uh past the end of this season for sure
2: yeah no that's a that's a bigger picture thing that i was actually going to bring up it's like i remember last season how frustrated a lot of us were that you know Talas really wasn't getting into it tiago really has never been able to get into it um Andraj. um gp was the brightest shining star um but he never you know to my what I believe his potential is he he hadn't reached it yet and he still at this point hasn't reached it um, you know we were very very upset last season seeing that happen and like just begging him please just find find whatever it is in you to, to reach your potential and now you sit back and you're like I'm so happy that they didn't reach their potential we get <laughs> we actually have players this season because you guys did not reach your potential um, and that's something that I'm, I'm gonna be grateful for for this season for sure.
1: It's nice also, like, one thing that I've started to, like, focus on a lot more with, like, guys like Santi and whatnot is, like, clearly as the league has shifted from let's bring in older stars, kind of, like, as they're coming down from their prime, we're now trying to get players, like, on that same level. But, like, they're now coming up so that we can buy low, sell high. Like, I mean, Pereira is someone that we signed a legit four-year contract to. Like, it, that wasn't uh, Santi Rodriguez loan. So like we own the rights to him, and like that's huge for the club, like long term as well, because like you can develop someone as much as you want, but if they're on loan, you don't have an option to buy. Like you're not going to really get anything out of them other than like the performance that they give you on the field. So like in a a league like MLS, like got to be competitive outside of just being competitive on the field as well. If you want to continue to grow like as fast as some of these other teams are going to grow.
0: Yeah, I think it's been. I think you know the league being the MLS has. It, it does make it tough as a fan of, of really any club because when you do get one of those good players that really eclipses um, everything that you could have expected out of them, um, it's almost a guarantee that they're going to like get snatched somewhere. Uh, we obviously had that happen with Tati um, and we got to enjoy him for, you know, about a year and a half before he obviously took off and he was a, a massive fan favorite. Um, and I, I guess I just see always throughout, throughout the rest of the future, it's going to kind of go that way. Um, just just being a fan of nycfc and stuff especially as a part of you know as a part of being um in cfg because they love to to come and pick players and kind of fit them into different pieces around the world and and see if they work out there
2: yeah no i think we started we almost set the tone with that i think it was us in in fc dallas really that were interested in having experienced players but also giving young dudes a chance and i think we really we shifted the mls in that way um, you know, it started with, like we've mentioned, I think maybe more than ever in, in post-90 history, but Angelino, um, Jack Harrison, um, even Scally before he really played for us, all of a sudden he's going and getting uh, taken out to, to, to Germany.
0: And played. Obviously, Geo, too. Yeah, Geo, yeah.
2: before he, he really played with us. And, um, you know, it, it kind of became that thing where we came from the the club that was being fed to the club that was feeding. And yeah. Um, making that shift so it's, it's it's interesting and I think MLS is is better for it now I think the
0: product that you see every single week is is going to be better for sure well I think we've done a better job of kind of capitalizing on some of those players that in the past maybe wouldn't have even made it onto a team obviously Jack Harrison was a super draft guy but aside from him until until we look at kind of the recent players that we've had, not a lot of people have come up through through the academy, I guess you could say, um, without taking off somewhere else or uh, have come through the super draft. And now, you know, we have guys like Louis Barraza, who's going to be uh, our starting keeper as far as everybody can assume for, you know, probably the first quarter of the season. Um, we have Kevin O'Toole, who obviously came in in a similar position and had a lot of minutes, especially in the playoffs last season. He kind of proved himself I think to a lot of fans um, just in terms of the effort that he was bringing um, and just with the thought of of growth in mind we we feel like he can become something and I think it's finally good that we're taking advantage of these players as opposed to just you know letting them hang on the roster for a week and then shipping them off somewhere or just kind of letting them walk Um, even though we've kind of seen that this season with some of our super draft guys I don't feel like we have a ton of clue on what's going on with them but
1: that's what FC Dallas does, though, right? It's like once, once like someone comes and scores a goal, like once for them, they're like, "All right, time to leave, buddy. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, like they are a little too quick on the trigger there. Like they don't really have. Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I I just I'm very high on NYCFC in general. So I think like the it, I think the biggest thing we have going for us, other than of of course like the good ownership, that's like the most important thing, like stable ownership. You see it with like the New York Mets is like the biggest example, um, like. Is it's just the global scouting network. Like three weeks ago we were like having a panic attack on Eric's like, what is this club? Like we like don't know what this club is, like everyone's leaving. Like slowly over the last couple of weeks, like things just start to come into place. Like two two fullbacks get signed with younger guys, one guy's twenty six from Mallorca, like things just start to slowly come into place. Uh, I know it's like v- cutting it very close to the season here, but I mean, it's just nice in that, like it doesn't feel like this organization is going to give, just like take a season off. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, just touching on on the, on the youth side of it, um, one question I had for you was just what youth player, somebody that's not really, you know, in the conversation right now um, – you know, maybe uh, NYCFC 2 level to fringe first-team player, What which young player do you think is going to have the biggest impact this this season?
1: Well, I'd say, like, I mean, we well, like, Maximo Carrizos like, that's, like, the golden child right now of NYCFC. He's, like, 14 or maybe he's 15 now. I don't really expect him to, like, really play too much of a part on this season. The guy that I'm, like, really interested in, like, following – is Johnny Dennis. So he's some guy like he's for a couple of reasons. One, like I think it's a super cool story. He played four years at Columbia university. So like New York city roots spent all four years there. He's 25. He's not like that young, but he's not certainly not old. Um, last year in NYCFC two, he scored 14 goals in 18 appearances, which is, I mean, that's incredible. He already scored in preseason and he just got called up to the Honduran national team. So like, I think that's incredible. Like, I'm excited to see what, if anything, he can contribute, especially since we're, like, short at the number nine. Like, what happens if Magno gets injured? Is he going to slot in there for a game? Like, we'll we'll see. Maybe it'll be a Tiago Andrade. Like, who knows? But, like, me, he's someone just to keep an eye on. Also, I guess he's not technically considered a homegrown, but we just haven't had many people from, like, the academy be anyone other than, I guess, with the exception of, like, Kevin O'Toole. Um really everyone's always been a defender or a midfielder, so it's, it's, or a keeper, I guess. So it's it's interesting. He's, he's someone that I'm just like keeping my eye on.
0: Yeah, and I think with you mentioning homegrowns too, it makes me think back to the, the episode that you guys just released for Blue City Radio. Um, one of the questions that you had or one of the lines that you set um, was how many homegrown players are going to potentially score this year because I had no clue that no homegrown player has ever scored for NYCFC, which just seems insane when you think of the level of academy that we just talked about um and and the talent that we've shipped out across the world um and even that we've had in our nycfc2 team um
2: jason hasn't scored
0: jason hasn't scored uh wow hack has not tool scored. hasn't scored yeah Tavon hasn't tool, scored definitely
2: not
1: homegrown because he was a rebel guy
0: yeah um so yeah. i wonder if if any homegrowns that we have on our roster and I know you guys touched a little bit about it on the the episode which one do you feel like would be the guy that might bag a goal this year
1: if you're not counting Kevin O'Toole or Johnny Dennis like I guess it's got to be Hack mm. I mean I, I'm not sold on Hack yet like I the, the problem that I have is like I've been like Label as, like, a hack basher. And it's, like, I don't want to be labeled as that because, like, especially when you're dealing with young players, like, they're always going to get the better ends. Like, he's, like, 20. He's going to get better. My point is, like, he's clearly not ready right now. Like, he was culpable of both goals in the game against Philly. They got us knocked out of the playoffs. Um, But this club is, like, very, I don't know, say high on him, but, like, or I mean, every single press release has, like, Justin Hack on, like, the cover of it. It's, like, I don't, I mean, I, I th- my theory is that, like, He's probably someone, he's an American, he, he's from New York City, and he's maybe someone not as high, doesn't have as high a ceiling as like a, a James Sands um, who might like leave super early. So he's someone that like might be around for a while. So I think that's maybe why they're starting to put him in front of the camera more. But I'm mean, even from like 2019, I went and saw a game at Vancouver and I was covering media and they're like, make sure Justin Hack, make sure you ask Justin Hack questions. So like um, someone that's on the cover, but I guess to answer your question, it would probably be him because I think he's probably going to get the most playing time. And he's, by being a defender, um, or, I mean, a defensive midfielder. You know, you never know on a corner kick or something. Like, there's always there's always chances that that uh, seem to make themselves opportune. So we'll see what happens. I I would be honest. I could see them not scoring another goal this year.
0: There was the homegirls.
2: <laughs> yeah. The odds seem to be in that
0: favor. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, we've talked a little bit about how it's going to be like a make it, make it or break it season for Justin Hack, but I think he kind of gets the same type of media treatment that like a Tavon Gray gets, although Tavon is probably a little bit uh, more – a little bit ahead, I think, in the development curve at his position than Hack is at his, um, and that that could be largely due to the minutes that they've received. Um, but I, I think we do like to latch on to those American guys that are from the NYC area, especially Tavon Gray being from the Bronx with the the Yankee Stadium and the Yankees roots and stuff. Um, I think you're right. I, that's interesting that they they wanted you to go out and like actually, actually ask questions to him. I like that they're kind of like deliberate with guys that they want to build up and stuff. It it my my business mind. Finds yeah. that pretty cool, um. But well,
2: it makes sense, you know. They want to get their money out of that new contract. They gave them. <laughs> yeah, like they're gonna put them to work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um. But yeah, I think I think you know if this if this is the year that a homegrown scores, um, I, I would have to agree. It's it's probably gonna be Hack or potentially Tavon. I know he was close in the playoffs, um, but didn't end up didn't end up netting that one. And he he actually in the playoffs almost had that crazy or he did have a crazy assist to Santi, right? I think it was. The Revs game that we were at, um, Hack? no uh, Tavon. Oh, okay, yeah, he played in that crazy ball, or maybe he played in a crazy ball and it didn't get finished. But I like him too to to yeah, grow. Like if he yeah, if he doesn't get his role kind of uh, taken over by Alenich, um, and if, then I, I think at right back we'll potentially need to see growth from Tavon kind of in the attacking part of the field.
2: I think uh, I think we'll get two. I will make the bold prediction. We'll get two. Uh, one's gonna be a header from Justin Hack.
0: You going to pick one... the way they score too. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> the other one's gonna be a uh, you know a left post tap in by Jason.
0: Okay. Yeah, Jason. Jason is a... Jason's
1: a good call out. Yeah, he's a because He's someone. I don't know shout. what his position is. They list him as a midfielder on the website. I don't think I've ever seen him play midfield. <laughs> so I don't
0: like. But he's played like usually plays like right wing back or right back. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah, I think with all the questions that we have at winger and and potentially at nine, he he's been one of those like utility players where, if we have uh if we need a body placed into a spot, Jason's gonna be one of the guys that fits it. Um, so I think I think that's a good shout yeah, too. He's
2: just an athlete. That's all it is. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: But
2: yeah. Should we get into kit talk?
0: Kit talk. Yeah. I mean, what so so? What are the thoughts on on the new NYCFC kit?
1: I like it, man. I mean, I, I like the. I don't know if they're going for like It's like the mosaic look. I, I get, I think it's not like, I think with a home kit, right? Like, you don't want to go too crazy with the home kit. Like, the away kit to me is like, go nuts. Like, do something crazy. Like, do something fun. That's why, I like, those gray kits a few years ago to me were like super boring. I like the orange kits. Like, I, I like the creativity with the away kits. The home kit's like, I think you're going to be wearing like 80% of the time. So it's like, you, you don't want it to be too nuts because you're going to be stuck with it for two years uh, and you kind of want it to stay true to like, you know, your, your true colors. And I, I think the, I think this one's great. I think it's, I think it's good. I, the only thing I don't like about it is like, like on the shoulders and stuff and like in, in the, kind of in the background, they put like the soccer netting, which I thought was a little hacky, mm-hmm. I don't really understand what that was, but I, I like it. I like the, like the little orange accents around the collar. Uh, I think it looks, I think it looks good. And honestly, but when you're if you're watching it on TV or zooming out you're not really going to be able to see too much of the detail on the jersey. So it's more of like almost for the fans. Um
0: Yeah, I feel like uh Adidas kind of heard the criticism of all the the plain white kits um or just the the solid color kits with the different uh accents that they had just around the collars and the stripes on the shoulders and and they they came to they came to play this year it, it kind of feels like this may be, this may go down from all the MLS kits that I've seen as probably the greatest year in kits that the league has ever had. And I think uh, maybe the greatest kits that a league kind of as a unit has ever had uh, versus some of the rest of the world.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just specifically the NYCFC kit. I, I think it's great. I think it may only be the second time that we've had orange incorporated into the actual home kit, um, which I think is super important. It's something that, you know, obviously you can see what the, um, with the lightning kits um that came out people really love and, and they love to embrace that orange it's like this weird second side to us that we just love um and so to see it on on the home kit i was really really hoping for that um leading up to to the release so i'm happy to see that it's probably up there with i think it's my second favorite home kit ever and i'll i'll put it in top five for top for our kits ever, yeah, I think it's the top five kit for sure. Were um,
0: Were there any other kits around what's, the what's league? What's your favorite home kit?
2: Yeah, uh, the um, I, I was trying to describe it to Coach Joe. It was the uh, the black one right? You said yeah. Oh wait, that might have actually been a in a way away kit where it had the little orange. No, right so the the favorite home yeah. kit was the Gotham one though. Oh, the yeah. spiral, yeah. Uh, the
0: hypno, he called it.
2: Well, no, no, the Gotham one was the. It was it was one of the uh, generic like the, when they had the stripes on the shoulder thing. Yeah. But it was one of our, one of my favorite kits.
1: Yeah. I think that was the that'd be like the 2018 2019 kit. Like yeah. The ones you see Matrix. Because so I think like I like think when you look down, up the picture of down it. the side.
2: The picture of it I think had Trotty
0: wearing it yeah <laughs> yeah so oh the dark blue one i know yeah. what you mean with the three stripes coming yeah. down yeah yeah
2: but then again i'm a sucker for the baby baby blue yeah so the inaugural kit was which is, is funny
0: because you're a united boy i know but. yeah it's, it's like <laughs> almost
2: against my nature but i see that baby blue and the white anything with the We baby do blue have great white, colors That's, i will <laughs> say that
0: it's amazing yeah when you mix the the baby blue with the white but i mean JR, have you seen the rest of the kits kind of around the league? Is there like another one that stands out, or that you potentially even like more than than what ours is? I love how the New York Red Bulls, New York New Jersey Red Bulls,
1: <laughs> New York Metro Bulls, whatever you want to call them, I love how their New Jersey, jersey looks like uh, someone was doing tie dye and then pissed on it. <laughs> so their jersey, it's horrible. It's I'm so very happy that that they decided to go with like a urine. You know, scheme, <laughs> color scheme. Um, I'm going to get killed for this, though. I actually kind of like the Philadelphia Union kits.
2: We all do. <laughs> it's really sad. I,
0: yeah, I'm going to get killed for that. Yeah, I feel like where they we were talking about it um, prior to recording, I, I like how they just did the snake monogram right on the chest as opposed to the badge, which is, I think, uh, it's actually kind of a crazy move for your home kit not to have, like, your proper badge on it. Um, but I, I kind of hope, and I think a lot of people in the community hope that we'll do something similar where we just grab, um, you know, like the, the NYC from our kit and kind of stick that as a monogram in place of a crest on one of our kits. And that'll be a long time coming. One day they'll probably drop it on us and they'll, they'll know it'll be hype.
2: What, what's going to happen is it's going to be, I don't know, let's just call it a random number. So we're correct. It's going to be 2028, <laughs> um, and Jason's gonna be the captain of our team and our actual logo is going to just be the NYC. Yeah. And they're gonna drop the um the subway token. He thinks. I think so. Yeah. I feel like
0: um... If you think
1: about it, the two thousand twenty seven home kit has a lot to live up to because that is that's going true. to be everything goes to plan, that's gonna be the year that this new stadium opens. Yeah. The home kit's gotta be gotta be crazy.
2: That's inaugural part two for us, really yeah that season's 2027 2028 yeah so that's, I'm, i randomly plucked that out of the air i kind of forgot that the stadium was going to be <laughs> done by then so yeah i think there may be a lot of big changes around that time
0: who knows yeah uh, yeah I, I feel like to me the most interesting part of like the the stadium opening might be what legends we may bring back um obviously for the opening but potentially to like actually play for the team when they're like later in age um that that kind of to me is exciting you know imagine like a tati coming back in his 30s at that 30s. point i think
2: tati would still be at drone. he'll still be pushing i think at that point maybe jack harrison could, could be. be a potential cuz he he, he would have been gone for a while and or a maybe Sands. in that like championship relegation battle with leeds if he stays there mm-hmm. um that could be really cool
0: yeah it, it it'll be interesting to kind of kind of see how everything plays out with with I guess the club in general right as we push into the future and I think sort of sort of wrapping things up we we took a little inspiration on the over under um, thing with you guys I feel like your categories on your latest episode were, were extremely creative I my favorite one was the Jason over under on how many times OB fouled I think you said it at 19 and a half I would have thought I mean I feel like you could set that number at like 40 and I still might go over on it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, genuinely. Yeah,
0: I th- the thing with him is, like, I just don't know how much he's going to play. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just would have been more fun to probably go higher.
1: But, like, every time he goes on the field, I always make the joke, he looks like if you ever, like, play Grand Theft Auto and you, like, <laughs> someone with your car, like, they go into, like, a ragdoll dog mode. <laughs> uh, yeah, rag doll mode. It's literally like watching him on the field. He's just always just getting slacked on the field. Like, I don't know what it is that he just is able to draw penalties. Good on him for being able to do that. Um, like I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's. We should put him in the box more up, <laughs> up on offense.
0: Yeah, um, but I mean, going in going into our over under round, um, I, I feel like Vegas and five thirty eight, which probably a lot of people know, are very high on NYCFC placing us like second most likely to actually win the whole thing. Um, which maybe makes a little bit more sense now with with Santi and the rumors, but they had that pitched up there like that a few weeks ago. So when it comes to you. Um, over under on placement in the league at four and a half. What do you think for for the Eastern Conference, right? Yep,
1: fourth at four and a half. Um, it's kind of like right around where I see them, which is why the line's there. I guess <laughs> I'll go. I'll go over. I think they're going to be like this year Uh, i mean if you think about it right 2021 he finished fourth and won won the mls cup mls cup so i i'm not gonna sit here and like say that 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 this team is looking better than that team over a 34 game sample oh i'll go over over
0: yeah i think i think i have a sitting right around fourth and then as you mentioned earlier in the episode potentially on the line of of Getting in or, or not getting in the playoffs. Do you still feel that way with the the things that we've kind of seen?
2: Um I still I still feel like we're I mean see the thing is the closer we get to actual kickoff of the league, I think um, my excitement is starting to overtake my reason and logic. <laughs> so I'll move us from eighth or ninth to seventh or eighth. Pending Santi news, that tells me that we're gonna win a championship.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so expectations are set accordingly. I (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, next one, clean sheets, we got to set at six and a half. Um, I think last year that Johnson had uh fourteen, but in every prior year for NYCFC, aside from our inaugural season, we sat at seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over. I,
1: I think defense is solid. And as long as Maxime Cheneau doesn't, like, break down the season, I think that even with uncertainty, if that's what you want to call it, in you know, in, in net, I think that they'll be able to just have games where, you know, they're playing like a St. Louis. I don't even know if they're playing St. Louis this, this year, but they're, just, they're playing a lower team where they're just going to – the team won't have too many shots on goal, and
0: they'll get a clean sheet. So I, I think they'll be over over 6.5. Cool. And then getting more into the attackers, I feel like every time we, we ask, I guess, the questions that the lines are too low, but we originally set Tales at 12.5. Do you think he, he blows past that or right around there? This is just MLS games, right? Yeah, regular season. Yeah.
1: I think he's going to have to. I mean... I, I I will put him over. I, I'm i just so high on the guy. Like, he's so talented. And if you even think about, like, his very first season with NYCFC or his first half season, it was 2021, like, he came on and everyone was like, I don't know, like, what's going on? And he's now, like, so clearly, even, like, in the beginning, even when Tati was still on the club last year, like, you can make the argument that Taos is more talented. I, I just think that, like, this is going to be the year where he's going to be, like, head and shoulders above like every anyone else on, on the on the team maybe gp offensively but just like i think we're just gonna see a breakout year from talish so and i think the fact that if he's playing the nine like he's gonna have
0: to score more than 12 and a half i'd hope so yeah otherwise it it could be a very tough season i think we're i think we were both over on that right yeah 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 um and then i feel like i already know the answer to this um probably for all of us we got we set gp goals at nine and a half i do not know what i was thinking when i set this line um, but give me your thoughts on that.
1: I think he had eight last year, right? Uh, let to say he had eight ar- last year. around there, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I to me, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be over. Um, if he's not over, would you put it at nine, nine and a half? Yeah, nine and a half. If he's not over nine and a half, like NYCFC will not make the playoffs. Like, I feel <laughs> like like it is. It's gonna be huge, like for him to. I, I, and I just feel like he's he's just so talented, and I'm I'm really looking forward to, with him and Talish, like what they're gonna bring this year.
0: Yeah, and then maybe a bit more of a wild card, um, Tiago Andrade. We had him at six and a half, I believe. I went under, I think you went over. Over. Um, what are the thoughts there?
1: Yeah. I think he's gonna be over just because one's tough because it's almost like, this question's almost like, how much do you think he's going to play? Like, mm-hmm. if he's the starting left wing, which is where he would be if the season started today, in, in my opinion, unless you wanted to put him at striker and then Talish at left wing. Yeah. And, and he plays like, you know, 26, 27, 28 games, starts there. Like, I, to me, he's got to be above six and a half he's real talented he had a great game against against LA Galaxy in the preseason um I think this is his year man like he's got he he's really shown some shown some bursts of of uh really really high quality play and obviously he's got a lot of a lot of pace so I think this is like another one of those players where like you could see potential breakout from him and they're gonna need him I'll, I'll go over
0: yeah I feel I feel like yeah, that's kind of been our I, thought as well.
2: I still feel the same. I, and if this was FanDuel, I'd probably actually buy a couple extra goals. <laughs> I might buy two more goals on that. I might I might put that to eight and a half and still pick the over.
0: Yeah, I feel like we, we don't get blessed as MLS fans with kind of all the lines that we get around the world for goal scores and stuff when it comes to the MLS. Um, so, you know, unfortunately we can't put our, our knowledge to use in the way that we'd like to right. on FanDuel.
2: Although FanDuel has been... That's a side note, but we are <laughs> FanDuel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, right, like, my CFC scored 57 goals last year. So even if you think, hey, they're going to have a down year of goals and they score like 45,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you got to have like 30 of those you got to think are going to be from house GP and Tiago, right? I mean, it may be, maybe it's more spread out than that. That's that's how I'm seeing it. Maybe totally like overlooking um, Pellegrini or like Johnny Dennis or something like that. But that that's what I'm looking at. Hopefully Olivier Giroud gets
0: in there. That's what I'm really hoping. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Lucy Radio's very big on that. I was um, gonna
0: say he can come over in a package deal with Pogba, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think we're gonna get a lot of goals out of Keaton. I think we're gonna see like Keaton pushing ten goals, like Keaton Cook. Um, yeah, and, and um and pushing the assists. And
0: that's well. a lot. Man. Maybe, maybe Tiago's a Lawrence, lot, too. True.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm high on Keaton this season. I think he's going to be a key. Um, and I think he's going to get close to 10 goals. I think he could, he can get to close to, you know, getting a double double. Yeah. Soccer edition,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that, that, that'll probably do it for episode 88. Um, obviously we appreciate you joining us. It's, it's been a pleasure to kind of join blue city radio. And I think that's how we initially met you. Um, and obviously always interacting on Twitter, um, has, has always been fun to kind of share thoughts and you're, you're a great account to come to. I think the first thing that kind of enlightened us to the fact that the press conference was happening was I saw you tweeted. So Matthew is, uh, a serious option at number 10. And I was like, well, here we go. Let's go. Let's kick off. Um, but, uh, i think that's the spot i believe it is it just at jr debar on twitter
1: at jr debar j r d i b a
0: r t on uh, on twitter cool yeah and then i feel like you know we probably don't have to say it because i I would assume most of our listeners probably have already listened to blue city radio for such a long time with with how long your show has been running and how great it's been um but obviously obviously check them out if you've never heard them that's kind of the spot to go the guests are always insane uh you know, I'm looking forward to potentially an Ian Joy episode. I, I saw Michael Ander kind of talk about that a little bit um, in the last episode and you know, guests like Taylor Twelman and stuff. Um so appreciate, you know, all the, the coverage that you guys have always had at the club. It's been great to kinda of listen along and, and now get to share the mics with you guys. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, all credit to Mike Ander on that one. Like Mike Allen and I, we just joke that like every Monday <laughs> at seven thirty we just like come down, sit down and gas bag for two hours and then leave <laughs> and like leave Mike with all this editing. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um I mean, he's really been the one since day one, um, and we're just kind of there for the ride and happy to be a part of it. He enjoy. Uh, I'm one quick thing on him. Like, I'm really hoping they can squeeze him in somehow to Apple TV's MLS package because I really enjoyed watching him the last few years with uh, with the club, and I mean Joe Tollison as well. But he enjoyed just like the energy, the knowledge, everything. Me, it's like it's criminal that they do not have him as part of uh, as one of the broadcasters. You yeah. have Sasha question for God's sakes. So you can have Ian Joy.
0: I was gonna say it's it's a little Red Bull heavy over there right now. <laughs> like, a little Red Bull heavy. Oh my god! Uh, I'm worried about tuning yeah. into games. We we always talk about how the away commentary is like dreadful when we had to listen to anybody that wasn't Ian Ian or Joe. So we're gonna see how it goes. We're gonna see how Apple TV goes.
2: Yeah, who knew that um with as big of an exodus that we had this season the ones that would really hurt the most <laughs> for the culture really would be the guy's not on be the field. Joe and field <laughs> yeah you know it's like you're it's Dude, almost like... like um losing parents like uh it's just who knows what it's gonna feel like yeah um but yeah Ian, if you're out there we're, we miss you we, we, we miss that passion yeah we wish we could have it again yeah but, yeah episode 88 guys um thank you guys so much you can find us anywhere that you listen to a podcast um or at twitter at post 90 podcast post 90 pod um that's really where you want to join the conversation and and get in touch with us and you'll you'll find um all types of cool accounts and and friendships out there so follow us on twitter we'll see you guys next week peace